Hello and welcome to the Beyond Your Research Degree podcast by the University of Exeter Doctoral College. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Beyond Your Research Degree podcast. Now, we know that there's a lot of anxiety at the moment about what it means to secure a job and specifically a non-academic job during the COVID-19 pandemic. Everything has been turned upside down. The experiences we get, how we do our research and how we apply for jobs. So to answer that, we're talking to some of our researchers who have got new jobs during the COVID-19 pandemic and talk to them about how they found those roles, the process of applying, and in some cases, what it's like to start a new job during a global pandemic. So without further ado, here's the first in our series of podcasts on moving beyond your research degree in a global pandemic. Timur, are you happy to introduce yourself? Uh, Sure. Um, So my name is Timur Jack Kadaolu. I started my PhD with the University of Exeter, um, would have been February 2018. Um, I'm based with the European Centre for Environment and Human Health uh, down in Cornwall. Um, my PhD is working on a project called Blue Communities, and it's an a interdisciplinary um, programme that involves various departments at Exeter, um, while also working with other academic institutions in the UK, uh, some NGOs, um, and also academic partners in Southeast Asia, so in Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines and Vietnam. Um, I guess I, I would I identify as a marine social scientist. So I'm, my work is about uh, the marine environment, but focusing on um, the social science aspects. Um, and for my uh, PhD, I spent time in the Philippines uh, on the island of Palawan. Um, and my research was kind of looking at the relationships between livelihoods and, and governance, um, and especially looking at power relations and power dynamics. So looking at um, trade-offs and, and equity, who the winners and, and losers are, um, so to speak, in, in terms of coastal development and, and uh, conservation processes. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is actually securing a non-academic job, but particularly securing a non-academic job during the time of COVID-19 and the additional challenges that brings. So could you tell us a little bit about the job you're going on to? Uh, Sure. So I I started a job um, in November of 2020. So I I originally, I still have have time in my PhD. I'm I'm still writing up my um, PhD, but my new employers allowed me to originally start part-time for November and December. So I still had two days a week working on the PhD. Um, And I've joined the conservation livelihoods and governance team of the um, UK based NGO Fauna and Flora International. Um, So they work um, with, they have various regional teams in around the world, but their main model is working with uh, small local partner organizations. Um, And yeah, my, my role with them is providing technical input on livelihoods and governance related aspects of conservation and natural resource management um, and as I said my, my PhD was very much on that on that topic um, and I, I happened to see the, the job ad posted on LinkedIn I think it was in September um, yeah September time 
Um, and it was one of those things where ideally if this job came up six months later, that would have been perfect, but it was almost, it was too good an opportunity to miss given the, the relevance to, um, uh, the relevance to what I did in, in my PhD. Um, so actually the, the application process was quite, <laughs> I got invited to an interview when um, I was on the way up to Scotland for a camping trip. And then they offered the interview on a day when I was supposed to be in like the back end of nowhere. So there was some last minute rearranging of plans to be able to accommodate it. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad that I did end up doing that because I ended up getting the job. Um, I think... I was interested to hear you say that you found the job on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So was it an advert, you know, an advert that the company had posted? Were you following the company because you were interested in like how how did you get to see it basically? Uh, yeah, so as as I said, it, it's an organisation that I've really quite admired for for a while. So I was following them on LinkedIn, um, and I saw that the. the the job came they, they posted the job on there and it it um yeah it was kind of advertised and then I almost scrolled right past it and then I just had kind of just it was the livelihoods and governance bit that kind of caught my eyes when I looked at it and then I kind of ummed and ahed a bit about whether or not to apply for it um like I said the timing could have been a, a bit better as I'm still in no, I am still in the process of writing up my PhD but I think what really um yeah, I think that what really went through my mind was needing to be just needing to be pragmatic with the difficult times that we're in. Um, and especially on the uh, I, I was coming towards the end of my PhD. So I um, was starting to get a little bit concerned about um, the economic fallout of of the um, of the pandemic. Um, and and this this is a permanent contract. So I. I well, I, I would probably, let's be honest, I probably would have applied for it anyway if it, if it wasn't for the pandemic, but that just really, um, yeah, it just really gave that, that just had, realizing that I really needed to be pragmatic and, and make the most of what opportunities um, are available. Yeah, and I think that, you know, those simple things of actually following organizations that you admire and that you have connections to, um, it's a really simple thing, but can actually kind of bring those opportunities into your awareness when, like you say, you might not be thinking about it timing wise, but actually mm -hmm. the the role and the organization is, is just the right fit. Did you have any conversation with them in advance of applying for the role about the fact that you were still finishing up the PhD? Yeah, so um, we spoke a little bit about it in the interview and then afterwards um basically when when they'd identified me as the the candidate they wanted to go for um they got in touch and just before offering it to me they they just wanted to speak um a little bit more about um about starting the role while finishing my phd because i'd kind of thought in advance of the interview and and what sort of options because I, I knew that i just didn't want to start full-time immediately um so I had kind of loosely said about options like starting part-time or delaying the start until the beginning of 2021. Um, and then when we had the call, when they um, wanted to offer me the job, um, yeah, they, they, were, they were quite willing to um, be somewhat adaptable, but while also they, 
basically it's the first time they've been able to um, secure funding to hire a new person in that team for like seven or eight years. So they were very keen to have someone start as soon as possible, but I was really glad that they were understanding of it. And um, some of the team, some of my team members have PhDs themselves. So they were really understanding of yeah, yeah. just what a PhD means in terms of um, obviously from, from the career progression perspective, but also from a personal spec, uh, personal perspective, it's a very mm. personal experience. Um, so yeah, they, they were really understanding of that. And like since starting as well, they've been encouraging and, and have shown an interest in it and are keen to see like, as mm. I um, complete my PhD and hopefully start publishing, kind of seeing, yeah, like encouraging me to present it to, to people in the organization. Um, as well as among some of their networks more broadly. That's brilliant. And it's it's fantastic that the organisation are so supportive um, of that. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the application process, actually. So you see the job on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You almost scroll, pa- scroll past it, but then you, you, you don't. You decide to give it a closer look. Um, what what did the application process involve exactly? Um. So aside from my initial umming and ahhing about whether I should apply for it or not, once I did decide, yep, yeah, why am I even why am I even debating? Let me apply for it. Um, the the actual application process. Um, so it's quite a, a a typical one with sharing CV and, and a cover letter, um, and then once, yeah, I think it was just those two. And then once I. Uh, and then they got in touch in advance of the interview um, to say that there would be a, a, an assignment that could be done, that, that would be done immediately after the interview. Um, but they kind of kept the details of that. Um, yeah, they didn't really, they didn't say anything about what it would be, just that it would take an hour. Um, so I had the, the interview with three people. Um, I, I thought I, I really appreciated what they, what they did with the, with having the, the, the video obviously over uh, sorry the interview over a video call um they each so there were three interviewers and when one person was speaking the other two would turn off their cameras and i thought that was a really really quite a, a nice way that's um, brilliant to, yeah it, it really helped me to to relax with it could be quite intimidating if you've got three random people you've never met in <laughs> interview well I suppose that does happen when you're having a face-to-face one but over video is is I at least find it that much more difficult so mm. I, I really appreciated that because it did feel more like you were just having a, a conversation um with one person um yeah and then afterwards they then sent the assignment so it had was given a set of data and um asked to do various types of analysis in an hour um, also quite technical yeah fairly technical and it definitely pushed me as I'm, I'm more of a qualitative social scientist and it was quite quantitative but I clearly did in, enough of a did a decent enough of a job to to convince them to offer me the role absolutely um did you feel that there were things within the process or or thinking about applying for a job were there things that you were concerned about that you felt were made that were more difficult due to covid or, and like how how did you kind of counteract that yeah I, I think definitely the the thing that was the main i guess my main concern and, and i made sure um well actually both me and my new employers we we had an open discussion about it and and it was about um where to be based and expectations around moving um 
so F FFI's offices are in in Cambridge and um, for a long time they've really had a very strong policy about having people based there that they have this they share a building with um, conservation students from Cambridge and a whole load of other environmental NGOs so it's a, it's a real strong point of working there so I was a little bit concerned that they would still um, like really strongly want me to move during the pandemic um, but then they yeah they made clear they, they basically they, they asked if I would if I would completely rule out ever moving to Cambridge and they they wouldn't offer me the role but as long as there was some sort of a willingness you know with everything's just still in such a constant state of flux like not to completely rule it out but then they also emphasized that there was no expectation of moving then it was kind of in the short term but of course now with additional lockdowns as well like that's very much in in the medium term so that was a big concern of mine because yeah it's, it's difficult enough move well, I, I have spent I have lived in quite a few um, different countries and different places. So I, I guess moving for me is something that's quite normal, but even despite how normal I find it, I was very reluctant to move in the middle of a pandemic. Like even with knowing people that in, in Cambridge already, just, just the thought of like moving somewhere and trying to like start putting down some roots and, and finding out what you like about the place. I just can't really imagine doing that during the pandemic and also just the kind of safety and, and space that yeah the safety and, and, and comfort that you have in being in a living in a space both in terms of the flat I'm in but also living in Truro just yeah that that was a big concern of mine and um, so I was really glad that they were just very understanding. In terms of like starting a job in Covid um, it it's, it's quite yeah it it's been quite challenging at times kind of not having the um i guess what i would call the like the water cooler informal conversations that, that you have with with people in the office and especially when you're you're starting out um but i think i was quite fortunate that i had some relationship to the organization already um i worked for a small uh, like a, a local partner of theirs in Tanzania before starting my PhD so yeah I feel really fortunate to have, have had that uh, existing connection. How are you finding doing or writing up the PhD alongside working? How's that working for you? <laughs> oh the million dollar question. Um, <laughs> yes I know. <laughs> I, honestly I've actually found it it's actually had a like don't get me wrong it, it is quite full-on but it's actually had a very positive effect um 20, 2020 was it was a pretty tough year for me I, basically when the pandemic was declared I, I was still in the Philippines after pretty intense long-term field work and then you know, I, I was essentially like extracted as the pandemic was declared and lockdowns were being put down I, I, I got back immediately came back to the UK and was basically straight into lockdown. So it, it, it was a pretty tough experience then like processing the, like analytically processing my data, but like emotionally and, and the whole experience. Um, and actually I, I feel like after getting the job, it, it kind of took a, it took quite a lot of weight off. Yeah, it felt like a weight was lifted and that but my whole relationship with the PhD changed quite a bit. It, it was no longer so, um, kind of like tied up in 
um, yeah, like it just started to get a bit of perspective on on the, on the PhD and being able to kind of separate it out from myself a bit. Um, and I think also um, having that urgency and, and that pressure that still felt somewhat manageable. Um, I think it helped with being less of a, of a perfectionist and trying to really get everything perfect. Because I remember seeing a quote like a PhD is, is never done, is just simply handed in at the least damaging time. And I, I feel like starting the job um, yeah, re really helped with that. And I think in terms of productivity, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just chipping away at it when I can. So most mornings, not all mornings, I'm, I'm trying to just be flexible and mostly just kind to myself. Like if I have energy and I feel up for it, then I'll try and do like an hour or so of reading in the morning, uh, sorry, of writing in, in the mornings during um, the work week, occasionally working on weekends or the, the, the past few weeks since this new lockdown, I've been trying not to do that. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I think for me, it, November and December, when I still had those two days a week on the PhD, were some of the most productive times I have. It felt like I kind of had the breakthrough in, in um, theoretical, like drawing together my, my data and, and theoretical frameworks. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I find it really fascinating, like beyond just the whole like um, productivity aspect of the PhD and getting closer to finishing my PhD I, I find it really interesting from the, the psychological perspective mm. of, of like time and pressure and, and expectation and everything because how did that kind of compare in terms of when you were when you were working or writing at the PhD and you and you weren't working as well did you did you find like you said you made quite a lot of breakthroughs but did you find it easier to kind of I guess structure your time or motivate yourself once you got the once you got the job than you did when you were just trying to kind of write it during the pandemic um i think i think it kind of it would vary quite a bit depending on like basically the stage of of, of the pandemic and that, that, that definitely there were some periods especially when i had first come back like it there were some periods of like being really really unproductive um but gen generally, I, I tried as much as possible to keep a Monday to Friday, nine to till five, or like sometimes like nine, ten till four. And I and I was I have was mostly able to keep that up um, while still full time on on the PhD. But but yeah, I, th I think it just I can't really put my finger on it. It was almost like a, a switch was kind of flicked in terms of just. Um, yeah, just in terms of realizing that, okay, I have this amount of time, I have this many work days, I have two day, work days a week for the next two months, sorry, two days on the PhD for the next two months. I really need to just, yeah, get words on paper. It felt like the actual getting words on paper became a lot easier, but then a big part of that is also to do with a breakthrough that I had around that time. And that was kind of more to do with like reading a new paper that just really clicked so I think it was it's probably a combination of of having that moment of of the data just coming together, but then also having that like limited limited amount of time, limited amount of days. Yeah, I experienced something similar when I did my masters by research. That actually the kind of the condensed amount of time actually helped me helped me focus and helped me 
keep motivated but also gave me kind of headspace in between when I was doing other things yeah. for kind of you know little cogs to turn and things to click into yeah. place it, it's something I, I also remember from um when I did my, my master's as well um my partner and I we, we both had part-time jobs while we we're doing the master's and remember the whole thesis process when we spoke about so we were on the same master's program when we spoke about our experience of, of writing the thesis with friends who just only had it to focus on that I think ours actually ended up quite a lot it wasn't easy a thesis is never easy but it, it almost ended up a little a little bit easier because we kind of did have that um a few days a week when working in retail and it was something you, know, you would really focus on and be quite present in that um, and be able to kind of just drop away at least consciously not be thinking about about the thesis and then being able to like compartmentalize your time be like okay now I have this you know I've got my work shift in the morning I've then got this afternoon where I need to be productive I'll go to the library and do that so I think yeah understand it it doesn't work for may not work for everyone but I've definitely found that having something else to kind of give structure to to give structure but also to, to give to something else where you can um like I say um, I find certainly unconsciously and also consciously the PhD and will still pop into my mind when I'm doing other things but kind of yeah having that separation um being able to do something that isn't the PhD basically the question that I often ask people is kind of at what point did you decide that you didn't want to continue on doing research in academia or was that never even a consideration for you um Ah, this is the billion dollar question now <laughs> yeah I know uh, so I, I I feel like I kind of straddle the I don't want to call it a divide but straddle the kind of one foot being a like practitioner one foot being a researcher um and I'd so I, I was working for an NGO before my PhD and I'd kind of been a bit frustrated about that world and just felt like I wanted to continue my um, my academic education. I think it, it was a case of just a, a really interesting PhD opportunity came up through the work I was I was doing. Um, I, that's how I met one of my PhD supervisors. And it was just such an exciting project. It was really um yeah, so it was more that a PhD, I, I, I wasn't actively looking for a PhD at all at that point. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of considered that it might be something I'd do and then something um, really interesting came up. So I decided to pursue it. And I, th I think probably, if I'll be honest with you, probably not that long after I started the PhD, I was fairly sure I didn't want to stay in academia. I definitely wanted to yeah. stick with the PhD um, and I'm glad I have stuck with it of course there are times where you feel where I felt like I was on the brink of <laughs> of giving up um but I, I wouldn't say I was ever 100% certain that I didn't want to stay in, in in academia I think again it would be like if there was something that really interested me or was really um like really well aligned with my interests and my values and I probably would have gone for it but I don't think I would looked for postdocs for the sake of doing one if if that makes sense not not that that's there's anything wrong with that but 
yeah, I just never really uh, was never set on a career um, in academia. But I definitely feel like compared with where I was at the beginning of the PhD and and I do think that the PhD, the PhD experience, the research experience, working on a um, big collaborative project is it's really I've definitely grown a lot and I and a lot of what I'm doing in my current role is like technical input on um, social monitoring and evaluation and, and social research so there is a very strong research element to it that I feel like I, I probably wasn't strong enough on before doing the PhD um, so I, I think that this new role that I'm in that is in what FFI call a cross-cutting team, so kind of supporting different teams with this technical input is, is kind of like the perfect next step in kind of balancing being both a practitioner and a, and a researcher. So being, yeah, like very, very applied and pragmatic, um, focused on, on the ground sort of work, but then really guided by um, like cutting edge research and, and um, theoretical frameworks. Yes, yeah, so it really does sound like that ideal combination. Um, yeah, I, I still sometimes kind of pinch myself that I've been able to get the job. And, and I, like I say, I do feel very, very fortunate um, you know, knowing other people who are applying for jobs right now. And it is just a very difficult market. So I, I, I feel very fortunate that something that really does draw together um, the research and, and practice side of things. Yeah, I, I feel very fortunate to have been able to, to secure this role. Thank you so much to Timur for giving us an insight into working for an NGO and, and the real tangible benefits that can bring to being a researcher in that practical applied context to balancing a part-time job and career alongside finishing up the PhD and of course, what it's like to go through the process of all of this during the COVID-19 pandemic. And that's it for this episode. Join us next time when we'll be talking to another researcher about their career beyond their research degree.